1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. All right, everybody, it's uh, it's on for another podcast. What's going on? It's Mario, and time for some FA business, and uh, today's podcast pretty cool. We're going to talk uh, taking photos and, and being a little bit better in the field with your camera, and of course, FA podcast, big shout outs to uh, Weatherby and Federal Ammunition, our folks at Rogers Sporting Goods, and my buddy uh, Rob at Ranchland Outfitters, and where we go to... When we go to Alberta and get all that done, today's guest, we're talking to Lefty Ray Chapa. <laughs> that was a pretty good intro. <laughs> all right, all right. Should I just call you Lefty? Is that is that the uh, is that what everybody calls you, Ray? Yes. Okay. Where's the Lefty from? Are you Lefty, or where is that coming from? I you cut out a little bit on that part. Where's the Lefty come from? I actually was on my high school uh, golf team, and I was the only left-handed player. But back in that day, this was uh, back in the mid-'70s, trying to find a set of left-handed golf clubs (laughs) was difficult. So I actually played with a uh, right-handed set, but uh, that's that's where the nickname came from. Gotcha. But uh, our team, uh, our coach would tell the other high school golf coaches that my team may not be able to beat yours, but they can out-drink out gamble any other golf team in texas and that was that was pretty true there you go so do you shoot a shotgun left or right i i do shoot left-handed and of course in this industry left-handed guns aren't that uh prevalent so i've got a a benelli super black eagle two and a three as as of recent and they're both left-handed yeah because i was just going to say what uh you know, it's a little tougher to find lefty uh, shotguns and and everything else. So yeah, that is a that is a tough one. There's no doubt. So so Ray is uh, for people listening. Uh, you're an award winning freelance outdoor photographer and writer. You're down in Texas, down in San Antonio. Uh, anything to do with a shotgun or a fly rod, Ray's on it. Uh, and he does a column in American Waterfowler, which is called Lefty's Blind Bag. And you also do some photography for the Clay Target uh, Na- uh, Nation magazine. So, so you're kind of definitely a lot of stuff with shotgun uh, and the fly rod and fun things that I also enjoy. And we're going to try to make some people out there a better, you know, photographer today is what we're going to do. Yeah, it's it's kind of a challenge since uh, I call this, even though it's a podcast, I call it radio. So trying to be most descriptive, trying to create that mental picture sure. without any kind of pictures uh, to look at. Uh, that's going to be our challenge today, but I think we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, everybody has, you know, the, the camera phones, uh, the cameras on your phone. Everything has increased in, you know, quality. So everybody has a cell phone. So I mean, we could we could talk we could start there about you know getting a little better with your 
with your cell phone because you could always, you know, drop those right to social media and everywhere else and share with friends and the whole deal. So, I mean, is is there some tips to work with your cell phone a little bit better? Because, I mean, everybody needs a little help making that cell phone picture better. Well, it doesn't matter if you're using a uh, multi-thousand dollar digital SLR or if you're using uh, one of the more portable point-and-shoot cameras mm-hmm. or, or if you're using the cell phone off your, uh, your camera off your cell phone. It really right. doesn't matter these days. Uh, the technology and digital technology has improved where uh, cell phone cameras really are, are a great platform. Uh, I just happen to use the bigger... Uh, in this case, Canon bodies, because my uh, end product is going into magazines, but for sure. emailing purposes, social media purposes, uh, the point-and-shoots work, and certainly the uh, cell phone cameras work uh, even better this year than they did the year before. Right, right. Every year it's, it's you know, by the time you... By the time you buy a camera or buy a phone, it's already outdated, like, as soon as you open the box. You know what I mean? It's already old. So, because they've been working on the next thing and the next generation and the whole deal. So, definitely. Now, uh, I'll, I'll give you my experience, and, and, and I've learned a ton off of another freelance uh, writer and photographer, Brad Fenson, who's up in Canada. And Brad and I do a ton of trips and travel, and, and he said, hey, get this camera to start, and this will do pretty good for you. And he helps me on my cell phone pictures and everything else. So, I mean, that's where I got most of my, um, you know, tips and, and, and you know, help from. Uh, I ended up buying, and this is a, you know, and you could tell me your, you know, your uh, thoughts on this, but I ended up buying a Panasonic Lumix 25 to 600, which I guess that would, I don't know if that would qualify under your point and shoot category. Um, it, it does an enormous amount of stuff for a really good price when I bought it. And obviously this camera is a couple years old, but it, it does incredible pictures for what I need it to do. I'm not as advanced as, you know, you or Brad or anybody else in that, you know, freelance area, but I can get some pretty decent stuff with that camera. And I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Uh, just a little bit, but here's the key issue. Regardless of what you're using, you've got to know what you can do with it. Right. And most importantly, what you cannot do with it. Now, everybody wants to take that picture of that mallard with the legs down, wings in a full curve, about to land on the water. (laughs) Yep. But to fill up your viewfinder with that one duck, you really need like a 600-millimeter lens to reach out that far. Right. And not everybody's going to be able to afford that that type of gear. I I cannot. I've got a 400, but I don't have a 6. So I know what I can do. I know what I can get away with, but I know trying to fill in the frame with that one bird, unless it's almost sitting on my lap, I can't do that. So I kind of shy away from things that I know I, I can't do that other photographers can do sure. a whole lot better than I can. But that's that's the first thing. It's trying to figure out what your camera can do. And the best way to do that is to take picture after picture, right. different situations, different lightings, just figure out what can you do or if you find something that you can do very well, keep doing it over and over, and you'll even get better at it. One good example is uh, 
I was able to capture an ejected shell out of a shotgun. I said, okay, that looks pretty good. That shows action. Right. Well, let me see, let me see if I can do this better. And I kept practicing and practicing. Uh, with, uh, I would go to the shooting range and, and practice different uh, concepts with that. And now, if I have four or five shooters with a flock of birds coming in, typically I can get a pretty good shot with maybe three shells in the air, two shells in the air, sure. or maybe if I'm lucky, all four shells in the air. And that's pretty good because I practice at it. Well, and, you know, here's the other thing. This is a perfect time to take your camera. If you're buying a new camera, now is the time. Take it to the marsh that's near you, to the refuge. If you have staging birds, if you have everything, now is definitely the time to take it out and get, like you said, get familiar. And, and what do you want to do with it? Do you want to take pictures of birds landing, birds flying, birds on the water? Uh, what do you want? You know, low light conditions. Uh, you know, get yourself ready for, let's say, hunting season so you don't have to practice while you're, you know, trying to hunt and trying to take pictures. Now is a great time. Exactly. Uh, practice makes perfect. The more you take, the percentage of your boo-boos will go down. Sure. Uh, I try to uh, – and here's one tip. Even even when you're in a blind, take many, many pictures. Not only for the practice part of it, but film is free. <laughs> if you've got a digital camera, once you bought a memory card, film is free. If you're using your cell phone – uh, with the memory that's installed in it, the film is free. So don't be chintzy on, on the amount of pictures you take. Take as many as possible. Give it to your buddies. Have them take pictures of you. With film being free, it doesn't cost you to take an extra two pictures, ten pictures, or twenty pictures. Take as many as possible. Now, obviously, you want to get some shooting in. Right. But uh, the more you take, and again, once you go back and, and look at them, then you can start deleting the, the trash, what I call the trash. Could sure. be out of focus, could be off center, or da-da-da-da. Or but you can do that later, but the important aspect is to capture it while you're there. I mean, you might be on a trip of a lifetime. It could be a bucket list trip. You could be in the Texas Panhandle after uh, Sandhill Cranes. You could be in Canada on a goose trip. You could be in Alaska for sea ducks. Take as many as you can physically take while you're there. One, for the memories, and, and two, once you get back, you don't have any regrets about, well, maybe Agreed. I should have taken more, or maybe I should have done this yep. or done that. Take as many as you can. And if anything, it's, it's still going to be on-the-job on the practice, but heck, you're bound to get – your chances of getting good pictures are going to increase the more you take, no matter where you're at. Well, and, and like you said, everybody wants that, you know, everybody wants that cupped up mallard right in front of your face with his feet down and a band on it. You know, everybody wants that shot. Well, like you said, the only way that you're going to ever get that shot is A, to practice, uh, you know, ad nauseum, uh, you know, pictures, pictures, pictures. And also, like you said, when you're on a trip and birds are working or whatever's happening and you're traveling, take as many as you can like when i come back from a trip and somebody says well what do you have on your you know 
when, what do you have on your card? And I say, well, I got 1,200 pictures on my card. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, we were gone for three <laughs> days. And I go, yeah, and your point is what? So I, I totally agree on all that. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. Are, are you like, what camera are you using? Like, are you, are are you, like you said, you're on a Canon body. Like, are you a Canon guy? And if you are, you know, explain why you're using Canon and, and what lenses and what you're, you know, what you're getting out of those. Well, I've got, uh, I've got two Canon bodies. One is a, uh, 7D Mark II. Uh, that one has a crop sensor. So if I put a telephoto on there, let's say I put a 200 on there, mm-hmm. that crop actually multiplies it by one and a half. So it actually acts like a 300. Right. So that helps. Right. It gets a little bit longer reach and it has a faster shutter speed. I uh, think it's uh, 10 or over 10 frames per second. So if I'm taking a, uh, a continuous burst, right. I'll, get, I'll get more uh, within that, that time frame. Uh, the other body is a, a Canon 5D Mark IV. It's a full frame. So more for uh, uh, landscape, uh, more if I want uh, a group shot that maybe I want to make some enlargements later. Um, it, it has a little bit more resolution to it. Uh, it does have a continuous mode, not as fast as a 7. Right. But in, in a pinch, if I want to capture something that's in motion, I, I can put it on a continuous uh, shooting mode and do that. But that way I've got kind of two bases uh, kind of covered. Um, with lenses, I've got a um, very wide angle. Uh, it's like uh, 15 to 40, somewhere in that range. So I can put that on the 5D body. And for some reason, uh, 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 duck blinds are getting smaller and smaller. Or that, <laughs> or I'm getting bigger and bigger. But with that wide angle, you're able, because, you know, you can only move so far back in a blind. That's uh, right. Otherwise, you're, you're falling out of it. That's right. But with that, that wide angle, you can cover more inside the uh, the blind so that that makes a good choice for for a wide and then i've got a uh, a medium which runs from about uh 70 uh i'm sorry about 35 up to 70 and that works pretty good i, I don't use that one a whole lot in, in duck hunting situations but uh that's a good mid-range lens and then i've got uh, the one on the on the farther end which is 100 up to 400 millimeter and that'll let me take shots of, of far away things. Sure. Uh, ducks coming in, or maybe a, a dog is retrieving in uh, a duck, or perhaps uh, there's a hunter walking in that picked up a duck uh, that went off to the by the wayside. So that helps me on the long range end of it. So between those three lenses, that kind of covers the gamut of what I want to cover. Uh, it just depends which body I happen to put it on. Uh, for whatever specific reason I'm trying to I'm trying to achieve right and you like you know just like you said before your you know what you're getting out of each camera and the lenses and your limitations and what you can do good with those cameras and 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 no matter if you have one camera 
or one body and a couple lenses or whatever you, whatever you have as a photographer uh, or if you're just starting out, like get to know your camera and and take as many pictures, like you said, as you can. So you do get familiar and, and you know what camera and what lens to grab when you're doing this if you are in multiple, you know, uh, uh, cameras. So you know what you're doing. So, yes, familiarity with your you know, with your camera is without a doubt. I mean, there, there's still things that I don't, you know, I don't use or don't know about on this little Panasonic that, you know, that I still need to, you know, familiarize myself with it. And I'm still not there. There's so much on a camera and so many settings. It's incredible. Well, I've got a point and shoot that's like that. Which one? Uh, what do you have? And, and let me hear it. Although... Although I've, um, of uh, you know, I bleed Canon, but sure. you know, between Canon, between Canon and Nikon, that's pretty much a, a Coke Pepsi situation, sure. realistically. Um, but I do have an Olympus Tough TG six. It's a small point and shoot. You can literally put it in your in your shirt pocket. It is, however, waterproof, and you can take it underwater. Cool. I believe it was aimed at the uh, mm-hmm. scuba divers that go down there looking at, you know, coral and, and stuff like that underwater. Oh, yeah. But, but and I, I tend to use it more uh, for my fly fishing uh, uh, subjects and so forth. But not only do you can take it underwater and you really need very, very clear water for it to operate in that. And that typically is not a duck hunting scenario <laughs> where you have clear water. No. <laughs> but you can take it down to near the surface of the water right. so if you've got a, a dog retrieving a, a bird he's coming back at full speed splashing every which way um, this camera will handle that abuse as the water may happen to splash on it no big deal or if uh, uh, somebody's holding a bird down that low to the water sure. uh, an errant wave is not going to cause you to lose you know three four thousand dollars worth of worth of gear but this one works very well, very well near surface, and that way I don't I don't risk using uh, the big camera, whether it's a fishing scenario or a hunting scenario. But that small camera, also, it's got a lot of features on it that I really haven't discovered uh, fully as to what's on there. I saw a, a contemporary contemporary of mine who's got one of these cameras. He was able to isolate the color red, and everything else was in black and white. And really? I'm like, how did you do that? But it's amazing what they're putting inside all these cameras nowadays. Yeah, listen, I don't, I don't know a person, uh, whether they are a, a photographer, uh, if they're so deep into it. I don't know anybody that owns a camera and they know everything and have used everything on that camera. I don't know that person. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> to go through. So... <clears throat> Tips about taking better photos. So, so I, I saw your tips, and and you say, you know, and we could go through them. Uh, you talked about taking a lot of pictures. Uh, you, you talk about uh, having flash at the right time. Do you want to talk about that at all? And maybe yeah. some tips here's, for that. This would probably be the number one tip I could give to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're photographing ducks, sure. fish, grandkids, whatever the case may be. 
Uh, it could be noon. It could be a sunny day. Turn your flash on. In a duck hunting scenario, uh, the, the, the big picture is at the end of the hunt. You want to take a, a group picture of everybody holding up their ducks on straps. Sure. Well, it's typically, let's say, 10 o'clock, 1030, somewhere around that time frame. The sun is somewhat up in the air. Everybody's wearing their favorite cap. Right. But there's a shadow that gets created on their faces. No matter what direction you're pointing in, you're going to have some sort of shadow across their big, smiling faces. Right. So go to your settings and go to the manual flash setting. Not the automatic. The automatic just takes a picture when it's dark. Right. You want, you want your uh, you want your manual flash setting. Put it on that. That way, when you take the picture, it will eliminate the shadow under the hats. You can see their big smiling faces. And one side effect is that it will make all the other colors in your in your picture a lot brighter. Right. So it makes everything look pretty cool. You know, you've got You've got guys uh, decked out in their Max 10 camo. Uh, <laughs> You're right. You, you've got a fantastic location. You know, it's one of your bucket list trips. And the ducks or waterfowl that you've shot are very colorful due to the right. hand of God. You know, turn the flash on, and they don't make that photo ten times better. You know, the uh, the other tip that you have here is 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 fill the frame and I totally, I totally agree with you on that. And, and I'll even go a step further. So, so you say fill the frame, you know, f go ahead, talk about that. And then I want to add something to that because it's the first thing that came to my mind. But go ahead. Yeah. One, one of the rookie errors is, okay, they bring up the camera, whatever it happens to be. Take the picture, and let's say it, it's, it's of a person. Well, that person is very small on the resulting image. So my thing is fill the frame. The, the viewfinder that you're looking in the back of something or if you're looking through a full-size camera, that is your canvas. That right. is, you know, imagine a, a picture on the wall, that being the canvas. Well, that's what your viewfinder is. Fill the viewfinder with whatever your subject is. If it's something vertical, something uh, horizontal, uh, either get closer to it or zoom into it if you're not able to get closer to it, either one or the other, but fill the frame. And let's say you want to make a, a print 8x10 or whatever uh, down the road. You don't have to zoom in to fill in the, the, the actual 8x10 ratio uh, because it's already going to be there. So that makes things more interesting, and you don't have to uh, zoom in the resulting image if you've already done it beforehand and that just makes things a whole lot easier, makes your pictures a whole lot interesting. Now, obviously you can zoom in too much. You can cut off somebody's head or <laughs> right. you know, cut off uh, the, the head of the dog or, or something along like that. And that's okay. That just comes from trial and error. And sometimes uh, it gets pretty cool if you do zoom in too much. Uh, and, and that's okay too. You know, beauty, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, especially in photography. There is no right or wrong. That's There's right. just some things that you can do better. That's right. So so the first thing that I think of as soon as you say fill the frame is be extremely cautious of what is beyond your <laughs> subject. Because you could have, you know, 
you could have and and listen listen i i went through this when i started taking pictures and i was like oh my god that's an awesome picture and then there's this like porta potty in the background or something you know what i mean like we're on we're on this incredible hunt and all of a sudden there's like a crappy old barn or something that looks like rundown and not cool rundown just like like a horrible rundown and it's right in the corner of my shot and I can't get it out. And I started being like super conscious of what is beyond my shot. So that is, Oh my God, like that has ruined more shots for me than anything. So I am like, I try to be on top of my game now with that. Well, and this is more uh, uh, a, pro- a process on the fishing side than the hunting side. But let's say we're wading in shallow water. Somebody gets a hookup. Uh, we might be in kayaks. We might be in a skiff. As soon as they get a hookup, my mind is thinking, okay, where do I want to position the fellow with the fish, the duck, whatever? Right. And where, where do I want to stand? That way I can control what's in the background. That's right. Uh, Generally, I'm trying to find a background that won't be uh, uh, distracting. Or if we're in in uh, secret spot number 48, I don't want something in the background that will identify where, where we happen to be fishing. Or <laughs> that's hunting. right. That's right. And that's that's kind of something you have to be aware of, also. But uh, yeah, that's my mind starts turning yes. as to okay, where do I want to stand? Where's the sun? If there is any that's sun, right. do I need flash? Da 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 da. So my mind goes through that process as soon as something gets shot or caught or hooked. and But I, I understand where you're coming from. Well, and harder harder with a fish, like you said, because you, you're dealing with a live fish on uh, and, and, and you have less time and less, let's say, negotiation with the fish to figure out where you want to put your guy and the fish. Whereas on a bird hunt, if they're not shooting, you know, and it's a live shot, you know, you're taking stage photos of guys holding birds or something else. You have a lot more time to, you know, get your shots together. So be conscious of that. And, 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 and what I do now is, is what you were talking about, right? Is, is that I, I, survey the scene of where we are and I'm already thinking of where I want to take some shots later on the place that we're hunting when the the sun's up and and I start seeing everything around us or we've been there before and I already know where my money shots are and what I'm going to do and the backgrounds and everything like that so yes so be totally conscious of all that and it'll it'll totally turn your pictures better there's no doubt about it I'm with you on that um, so we're talking about live things and like you said, hook up on a fish and whatever else. Uh, obviously I'm a dog guy, so I always want to get some good dog shots, but obviously you have one shot at it, let's say, because he's coming back with, you know, whatever his first pintail, uh, a great looking bird, whatever the case is. And, Obviously, you could throw it for him again and have him bring it back again, but there's nothing like the first time. So, so what would you, what kind of tips would you throw at at getting some good dog photos? Here's what here's what I would do, and that that that's a great question. Uh, when a dog's retrieving a duck, it's one of the best opportunities to take a picture. All right, 
if it's the guide's dog or my buddy's dog, obviously the dog is going to come back to that person. That's so right. what I'm going to do is, is uh, get next to that person, and I'm going to get as low as possible uh, to the water, to the land, whatever yep. the scenario happens to be. If I have to sit, that's fine. If I have to squat whatever, or kneel, whatever it takes, but I want to get low as possible. I've got my camera set, if it's a digital SLR, I will put it on a high shutter speed, uh, highest possible where I'm still getting an adequate exposure. And then I'm going to put it, uh, what I call on the machine gun mode, I'm going to put it on the continuous uh, setting. And then I'm going to zoom in as much as possible. At the point where the dog picks up the duck, and starts running back. Let's say it's uh, fairly shallow, shallow water. Uh, he's not really swimming. Let's say he's it's more running than anything. Right. Well, as soon as he turns to start running back, then I'm going to hit the shutter and just go boom, 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 practically all the way until he's in my lap. What's going to happen is that the high shutter speed is going to freeze the water and the splashes that he's creating. And you're going to get some really great freeze action of the water alone. Yep. yep. Agreed. And with the, uh, the continuous mode, sometimes the dog is tail is down. Sometimes his ears are up. Sometimes everything's in motion. And hopefully one of those images, you'll have the ears frozen in motion the tail up in the air, and hopefully the the bird's being held in a, uh, a pretty good uh, position. But this will really help if you're able to continuously shoot as he's bringing in. And you know, uh, if you get a black lab, there's nothing better than a wet black lab <laughs> running Agreed. back towards the camera. You've got those red orange eyes blazing in color. And if you've taken maybe a dozen shots as the dog ran back to you, that is great. You're going to be able to find one, two, or three, maybe more, great shots of the dog coming back. Well, I, I totally agree with that. And if you know, and, and going back to before, if you know, if you know those settings and you're familiar with your camera, as soon as that dog, as soon as the bird is, the birds are shot and he sends the dog, you know immediately, I got to set my shutter speed. I'm going to set my, set my shutter speed. I'm going to go to burst, and I'm going to get on my knee, and I'm going to get right to it. So when that dog's coming back, like you said, you have, you know, maybe, you know, three to five pictures in that, in that burst of 20 shots that are just really, really good. So, you know, but... If, if you don't know your shutter speed and you don't know where you need to be at and you don't put it in burst and you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're messing around with that, the dog's already back and it's over. You know what I mean? So I totally agree with that. So get, you know, and, and listen, you can take your dog out now or take a buddy's dog out and throw some bumpers and get some shots now so you get your shutter speed dialed in, you get your burst mode, and, and you get, like you said, down on a knee or whatever you're doing to you know, familiarize yourself with that shot because it's going to happen a bunch if you're a dog guy and you're with dogs or, you know, you're in any waterfowl situation for the most part. 
Now, also, I forgot to mention on the uh, the bigger cameras, you you have to put it on follow focus. That way, as a subject is moving, whether it's going left or right or coming toward you or away from you, the camera will stay constantly in focus. I, I think the camera people made this for football because you can put that little square on the running back and just kind of follow him as he's running through the line and scoring that touchdown. But that follow focus is very important. You keep that, uh, uh, if you can designate a little square in the middle of your viewfinder, just keep that on the nose of the dog. Right. It should everything in focus as you as you come in now one other thing that you can do uh hopefully you have a good hunt many birds are shot many many retrieves are are being uh, done turn your camera if you're shooting horizontal right turn it vertical that way what happens is that you've got more of the foreground more of the background uh the dog's tail hopefully is is up you can get a pretty good enlargement in that vertical format, probably better than you would on a horizontal format. Now, if you're using your cellular phone, you can do the same thing. Most of these have where you can put it on continuous shooting. And again, I would zoom out as much as possible. Uh, And again, the natural tendency is hold a cell phone vertical. Uh, So you can just hold the button down and let that little camera go boom, 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 boom as it's coming in. So, yeah, you can you can also do this on your cell phone. You're not limited to doing this with a with a bigger camera. But and then and cell phones automatically follow focus. So that aspect is already handled automatically. So I'm looking at so I'm looking at my my camera, my autofocus. So I have so my choices are face and eye detection tracking one that's called 49 area uh, a custom shot and then a one area shot and then a pinpoint so i can do any one of those so if i was doing the dog i don't i mean i don't know if your camera has any of those particular modes is there any one that i would want to be on more so than another it sounds like tracking would be it track right that's what i that's what i was thinking because then i can then i could follow as i go uh you know unless i'm taking the people which is the face eye detection the tracking is usually right is usually what i want to be on so that makes total sense um we're talking to lefty ray chapa who is uh an award-winning freelance outdoor photographer from down in texas we're on the fa podcast and we're trying to make you a better picture taker and a photographer and that's what we're trying to help with uh big shout outs to and i've taken enough pictures of my weatherby uh and a ton of federal ammo whether it's on the ground or in the box uh so those are uh, the guys that kind of help us make the podcast go along with Roger Sporting Goods and my buddy Rob up at Ranchland Outfitters up in Alberta, Canada. So we're back to it, Ray. So so next thing we're on a, you know, um, we talked about like taking photos and doing stuff. And this is definitely something that I want to talk about. And, and some folks have made camera bags, camera boxes, you know, different things to carry your camera in uh because the elements whether you're fishing hunting or and especially waterfowl hunting i mean the gear just gets it the worst so i have like a i have like a waterproof locked box that fits my you know that has like the removable foam in it so it fits my 
point and shoot, it fits my lid camera, and it fits my small video camera all in one box along with you know SD cards and extra batteries and the whole nine. So so I have you know I don't even know what brand it is, but it is like it's waterproof and it, it's the real deal. And it's been on every trip probably with me for the last you know four years. So uh what do you use or recommend? I mean there's soft bags, there's hard bags. It all depends on what kind of trip and and how you want to carry your gear as well. So what what are your tips on that? Well, this comes under the uh, uh, the category of, of preparation before you you go and, and no doubt do your, your photography. Uh, one thing I don't I don't want to leave out is also under preparation is whether your batteries are rechargeable or they're double A's, triple A's, what have you, whatever device you happen to be using. Make sure. You have your batteries charged <laughs> Amen. to the maximum. Yes. Or make sure you have brand new batteries in that device because you, you know, you would just hate to run out of juice on the middle of a trip. That's right. And you never know what's going to happen on the next flight of birds that happen to come in and, and so forth. I'll give you an example. Um, I was up in Yellowstone uh, fly fishing. And I had what was at the time a, a brand new uh, underwater camera, and I caught a fish, and I was holding it in the water with one uh, hand, and I had the camera in the other hand. I took a picture, and it went click. <laughs> I'm like, we've heard that kind of weird, <laughs> and sure enough, that battery oh. ran out of juice. It oh, was not man. a new battery, but. That and it was one of these weird sizes that you don't normally find anywhere. That's right. So that's right. That, under, that brand new underwater camera camera became dead weight for the next ten days. I couldn't oh. do squat with it. Oh but, God! Uh, but on container um, on the Texas coast, you know, I'm in salt water all the time. Right. And that's whether I'm I'm duck hunting or, or fishing the shallow water flats. I use a bag from uh, a fly fishing company called Fish Pond. Oh, yeah. Called, uh, I'm familiar cut, with that. Cut bank gear bag, and it's large enough for me to put two camera bodies, three lenses, a bunch of accessories. Uh, I like it because it's got a waterproof zipper, and I can set it down in four, five, six inches of water and not get anything wet. So for my purpose, it works yep. great. It, it's a semi-soft, rigid. It, it's not uh, a hard, rigid bag, but right. somewhat rigid. And it works great. My my biggest uh, fear is not water from the from the below me. It's typically water that comes from above, rain. Right. If I have to leave the bag open and I'm some distance away, that's an issue of trying to get back and, and close it to where uh, rain doesn't damage anything. But uh, on a smaller scale, um, if you're using a small point-and-shoot camera, I would recommend a soft-sided cooler. Now, oh, yeah. this could be anything from uh, an inexpensive one from Walmart up to something from perhaps Arctic or Yeti. But if you keep in mind, these coolers are meant to contain water from melted ice so it doesn't leak. So... In reverse, it should do a decent job of keeping water out. out. That's right. <laughs> the only drawback is that the zipper is not waterproof, especially on the lower-end products, but uh, the higher-end may have 
uh, waterproof zippers. Yes. But, uh, generally, that, that will do a, a pretty good job. Now, for cell phones, um, have you ever been in a duck blind and one of your buddies happens to drop his phone and it goes between the boards? Always. It's happened. <laughs> it's happened so many times that I can't even, I can't even count. <laughs> and then the mad rush to jump out and grab it. Now you know those those otter box. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, phone. Uh, yep, the otter boxes. Yep, yep. Otter box phone cases. Now they do a decent job, but they're not totally waterproof. Right. And then some of the newer ones don't cover the screen anymore. That's right. The edge just seats on it and that's about it so i really don't want to trust that and i don't so here's a solution you can get a simple freezer baggie yep and i prefer the ones that have a the big uh handle that you just slide across to seal it the ones that you have to press together i, I really don't use those anymore um that works okay yeah now there's another product it looks just like a freezer baggie. It's from a company called Lock Sack, and that's L-O-K-S-A-K. They make what looks like a baggie, but it's thicker, and it's custom fit to your phone, and it's oh. got a waterproof seal. Uh, you can even get one to fit your tablet if you want to take your, your nice. tablet up on the water. But they're pretty inexpensive. So you could actually buy several for your buddy, for your hunting buddies <laughs> when the season starts. And uh, that's not a bad idea because, uh, and, and these might last a season, then you can buy another one and, sure. and replace it. But it does a pretty good job. And if it does fall between the cracks and the boards, you're okay. Your, right, your you're phone's covered. not going to suffer any, any damage. Right, right. So um, a lot of the companies now, a lot of the waiter companies are making sure uh, there is a waterproof pocket somewhere on the waiters so you can put your phone or anything in there to keep it from, you know, getting wet. I know, I know, like just the Rogers waiters that I have has that and, you know, it's protected. Now, if I fall in, it's I'm still protected. It's in it's in the waterproof pocket, so that will help. So uh, they've gone that far. Now I'm a I'm a hard case guy only because I I take a lot of trips where I'm not driving, so I'm flying and I do not let my camera out of my sight and it's with me all the time. So I have it in a hard case and it and it always seems. A little bit easier for me on the waterfowl hunts if I'm on that, I have that box because I always know where my cameras are and I always know I can close it and lock it. And if somebody steps on it or it falls out of the truck or whatever, I know I'm okay. And I know, you know, Pelican makes uh, those. There's actually a pretty decent one at Harbor Freight, believe it or not. Uh, there's, there's a ton of camera boxes like that so I, I would tell somebody to and just like you say on the soft side you know just you you spent an enormous amount or whatever you spent on a good camera don't cheap yourself out on what you're going to keep it safe in you know what I mean so so be because my box will probably outlast the camera I don't know so we'll see but it's been pretty great so far so yeah whatever your 
applications are or whatever you're you're doing make you know tailor your protection let's call it you know to your you know your your surroundings and what you're doing and what you need definitely there's a lot of options out there no doubt two other options is um you can put your cell phone in your blind bag and i think final approach has one that has a waterproof compartment in it yep we do we do and then another option is the these newer backpacks. They tend to have a waterproof bottom on it. Yes, I think uh, Final Approach has one of those too. Yep, we have we have both of those. So we, we we try to trying to keep our you know all your gear somewhat dry because you know you're going to put it somewhere whether it's in the boat on the bottom of the boat in the blind on the ground if you're in an A-frame uh, if you're in our, our, our stand-up blind, if you're in uh, a layout blind, like whatever, there's going to be, you know, water, mud, dirt, wherever. So, yeah, we try to do that with all our bags to make sure we're, you know, keeping all your stuff safe. And, yeah, no doubt there's there's pockets everywhere to keep it, you know, keep stuff safe. So we try to definitely handle that stuff. Um, let's go to uh, one of the topics I don't have a ton of more to ask, but are you using filters on your and let and, and and we can go both ways. I mean, obviously guys are doctoring photos after the the fact with filters. Are you using any different lens filters or anything? Do you go that extreme? Not not filters on the cameras anymore. I used to right. but here's here's what I do for magazine work my camera settings are such that I do everything afterwards on my computer right so sharpening saturation yes lightning or darken adjustments I do all that post camera work right agreed uh, all, all the camera is doing is just recording that moment uh, focused on whatever I want focused so actually my pictures look pretty bland until I import them. And in my case, I'm using Photoshop and I have right. my preset settings. Right. So with those preset settings, it'll give me uh, extra sharpening, extra saturate. I shouldn't say extra, but just it an brings, amount of those right. different things right. to bring a, a photo up to snuff on my point. Now, here's something anybody can, can do. When you're on the water, you do take a photo uh, let's say with your phone or perhaps with your camera. All of my cameras that I use have built-in Wi-Fi. So I can actually transfer that photo to my phone, or if I'm brave, maybe I brought my tablet out with me. Sure. And once I transfer it to the device, I have a program called Photoshop Express. It's a, uh, a free app, either Android or iPhone. It's available on both. But I use that app to add a little bit of sharpening, a little bit of saturation, make any other corrections I want to do. I can do this on the fly. Oh, yeah. And then zap it up to social media. I can do the whole process very, very quickly. And I'll have guys comment saying, oh, man, you must have a, a pretty good cell phone camera <laughs> to take that picture. Right. Well, that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't correct them, but little do they know that I did take it with a big camera and uh, just just uh, transferred it to my phone on the spot, fixed it real quick, and uploaded it. So 
that's my little inside joke but people think uh, tend to think that i've got a pretty good cell phone camera but no it's it's the bigger camera that I, that i use but anybody can do that yeah uh, that's a great idea you can use that that app and it does have some built-in features, so you want to make it look black and white sure. or make it uh, sepia tone. And I don't get into that kind of stuff. I just do minor corrections. Sure. But uh, that's an easy program and a free program that somebody can use. Uh, you know, one of the things is you're out there and you start seeing uh, posts from your friends and they're all sunshot scenes. Well... That means nothing's happening. They're they're having to rely on the, the only thing they have on on hand, which is a sunrise picture. Right. Well, you can use this app to make the uh, foreground items go dark, and you can make your colors more vibrant on the sun coming up. So you can really make a hell of a sunrise picture in the event there's nothing else going on. Well, you always got to get a sunrise picture. It doesn't matter what. You got to get a sunrise and a sunset. I mean, if you're if you're putting in the work, you got to do it. So, <clears throat> no, that's a great that, tip. I'm going to I'm going to download that, that app. That kind of reminds me of one thing. The hardest thing for uh, for a photographer in doing what I do, if there's nothing going on, no birds are coming in, it's uh, uh, a different kind of weather than what you're typically used to. So, therefore, there's no action. There's no shooting going on. There's no flying in going on. You've got to come up with something. That's and right. that's one of the challenges. You know, on, on bad days, you can't come home with zero. And this happened one day. I was down with uh, uh, Captain Sally and Captain Aubrey down in Baffin Bay, down in uh, South Texas. Uh, typically out there, it's very windy. Uh, very risky if you're out on the boat because there is no cell phone towers out there. So right. if you happen to have uh, a misfortune of any kind, you're, you're, you're really on your own out there. <laughs> but we were on the shoreline hunting, and they use these palm fronds. They stick in the sand in front of you, and that's oh, yeah. your camouflage. That's oh, your yeah. blind. So they're very mobile using this. And one time we were there, there was no wind. The water was nice and flat. Uh, no birds were coming in, and everybody's getting bored. I'm over here halfway between uh, sleeping and, and dozing <laughs> off. Well, you know, labs get angsty. You know, they're over there fidgeting and, and oh, uh, moaning yeah. and whatnot. And uh, Captain Aubrey's dog, oh, he was just just couldn't sit still, just uh, moving around and, and making noise and just because there was nothing happening. That's right. Well, it stuck his nose and his eyes beyond the edge of the palm front. And I'm like, there it is. There's the picture. There's your shot. That's like, right. And I'm like, where's my camera? And I'm looking around because I, I was half asleep. So I grabbed my camera and boom, 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 took some verticals, took some horizontals. Um, great shot because its face was sticking out, not the whole head, but just <laughs> the nose and the eyes sticking out. And right. you got the palm front. In back back of him, one in front, beautiful image, and lo and behold, it ran in uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife magazine, and one of the other shots uh, appeared in another another hunting magazine. So, yeah, you've got to be able to come up with something yes. when there's nothing going on, and and sometimes I, I call it you get lucky. You definitely get lucky. You never know when that great shot's going to happen, so you just got to be ready all the time. Agreed. Agreed. Any other, uh, man, we covered a lot of stuff. Any other tips or anything you want to add or anything we didn't cover? I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're listening, 
mm-hmm. you're thinking about getting into taking more pictures, not just with your phone, you know, do some research, mm-hmm. you know, check all the cameras and, and just look, you know, I always read the re- re- reviews and talk to some people that you know, and, and real photographers, and they'll give you some real input on, on what you should get maybe as your first camera or an upgrade or whatever. There's a ton of information out there. You just got to soak it up and start reading. Yeah, one one last thing I wanted to yeah. add, because cool. this, this will make you look like a hero. I call it high-low. When you're taking a picture, don't stand, in my case, five foot, eight inches tall. <laughs> don't stand and take a picture, you know, horizontal. Right. Either crouch down, kneel down. Heck, I've, I've laid on the bottom of a deck fly, of a wet, muddy floor duck <laughs> shooting up into the air but change your perspective agreed uh, on the opposite end hold your camera high in the air aimed downward uh and i've had a lot of practice uh yeah you're not looking to the viewfinder so you sure. gotta take you know put it on continuous that way you, hopefully you got something that's right move the move the angle up and down side to side and all that uh, I, I, I can do that in my sleep only because I've had a lot of practice um, uh, shooting football. Afterwards, there's a big uh, crowd. Everybody's uh, encircling the quarterback or the coach. And you see it on TV. So all the photographers yeah. are holding cameras up in the air. Well, yeah, they've had a ton of practice. Just like you said, it all goes back to that. Yep. So yep. you can do that or you can stand on the bench in the blind, you don't have to stand all the way up, but you know, and scare the ducks away, but you can stand up a little bit higher sure. than five foot, whatever your, your height happens to be, but change your angle, shoot high angle or shoot a low angle. And that will improve your photos because you're giving it a different, different perspective. And here, here's a good uh, example of how to do that. End of the day, you've got everybody for the group picture. They're holding their ducks, crouch down, also have your flash on. We talked about that. Yep, we talked earlier. about that. Yep. And take the picture that way instead of standing at five foot X, crouch down and shoot up. And what that angle is going to do, it's going to make everybody look a little bit more heroic. <laughs> I like that. Heroic. Whether they are or, or not in person, it will make them look a little bit more heroic. And you'll get a non-typical image versus standing up at 5x and shooting uh straight across yeah i think if you i think if you crouch down lower too and shoot up it turns all your spoon bills into mallards that'll help so <laughs> you definitely want to do that <laughs> so ray tell uh tell everybody do you have a website uh give me give me all your details as far as where they can find some info about you or or contact you and your social media so they can kind of check your stuff out and everybody Always needs more followers, so go for it. I've got a, a website. It's uh, leftyray.com. Uh, that's got all my contact uh, information in there. You may not see a lot of uh, duck stuff on there because it was primarily a uh, uh, fly fishing uh, 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 stop, and also I do fly fish seminars and uh, slideshows all over the country. But uh, you can find my contact info there. Uh, I do have uh, Twitter facebook instagram facebook is more of a of a personal nature sure. uh, family uh, whatever we, we happen to be doing sure. during that time frame but if you want to see some of the my good photography go to instagram 
And there it's lefty.ray.chapa, and that's spelled C-H, A is an apple, P is in Paul, A is an apple. But at Instagram, you should see some of the more higher-end photos that I happen to take awesome. uh, from time to time. And there you'll see some of the examples of everything we talked about today. Perfect. So check him out. Hit him up on Instagram. Check out his website. Do what you can. Ray, I appreciate all the details. I'm sure we could always stop back and do it over again and, and talk more about it as the season gets cranked up. But, yeah, get your cameras. Get a new one. Get out there and get practicing and get familiar with your, your camera. That's the only way you're going to get better. That, that, is, that is one of the main things. So I appreciate that, bud. Great, great podcast. Appreciate you coming on with us and, and giving us all the details. It's great stuff. I appreciate it. Mario, I appreciate it. Maybe we'll bump into each other again at SHOT Show if it ever happens again. But, uh, uh, I agree. Not, I hope so. <laughs> I'll be out there. Keep your fingers crossed, bud. I appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. All right, Ray. Thank you so much. Have a great day, bud, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. We chopped it up with Ray. Uh, he's got some great, great, great tips. Uh, he does take some great pictures. Some of the fly fishing stuff is pretty awesome. All right, make sure you check us out. Uh, if you need any details, hit us up at fabrand.com. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, or any of our pages and social media. And if you need anything, you could always, you know, get down in the DMs and throw something to us, and uh, and we'll do that. If you want to check out the rest of the other podcasts, you could check them up on uh, Apple and a bunch of other places where all our podcasts are and where they are played back. All right, so appreciate everybody uh, listening and checking us out, and uh, appreciate the sponsors and everybody that we're partnered with. I don't want to say sponsors. They're partners. Like We do a lot with them, and we're, we're linked to them, and that's Weatherby and the, the 18i and uh, the shotgun that I've abused for the past year and can't wait for bigger things coming, and, and that partnership is just, just starting to grow. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Of course, Federal Ammunition and everything that, that those guys do for us and that, that what we do for them and, and input and feedback and, and what they do for us. And also uh, Rogers Sporting Goods, which there is no other – to me there's no other place to get all your waterfowl gear and everything else too as far as uh, you know deer, fishing, everything else, turkeys, the whole nine. They, they got it. And uh, last but not least, my, my guy Rob up in uh, Ranchland Outfitters and, and what they do and – and help us out throughout the year and when we take our trips up there and everything else. So big shout-outs to all those uh, folks for helping us out. It's the FA Podcast. Appreciate you listening. I'm Mario. I'm out.